Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. Streets of Union City to your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live local and live. Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live local and live. And welcome to Tuesday night in New Jersey, Steve Trevelisse. You and me till 11 o'clock tonight, talking all things Jersey, because that's what we do. What else is there to do? And uh, the number to get through, as always, 1-800-283-101.5. Tonight, we will touch on COVID with a man who uh, beat COVID after being on a respirator for 35 days. And you know him as... Screaming Steve Barlotta from the Sensational Soul Cruises is going to be in studio tonight at uh, 910. Eddie Test is coming in after that. He's got a project going on this weekend you're going to want to hear about. Uh, and then we're going to get them to play together as well. So we'll be talking about that, talk a little Jersey bands. Uh, what I want to start off talking about, though, was the uh, demonstration that went on uh, at the Bridgewater Commons Mall last Saturday. Uh, nearly a month after police uh, response to a fight there that sparked widespread outrage over very different ways two teens were handled. You know the story. Evan Ehrenvoet wrote the post on NJ1015.com. Now, the idea is we know what happened. There was a, there was a fight between, I think, a seventh grader and a sophomore. Uh, the white kid, who's really not white, but he's Middle Eastern, Hispanic, uh, was taken by one police officer and sat on a couch. The uh, black uh, opponent, I think it was a sophomore, uh, was taken down hard by the other police officer to the ground. Ch- uh, table was knocked over. The mall wants the family to pay for the table. And the police are doing an investigation. So while we wait for the results of the investigation, all hell continues to break loose. Al Sharpton showed up and the locals said, get out of here. You're not one of us. Uh, The People's Organization for Progress let what it's called a justice for Zakai Hussein march. Starting at the Bridgewater Township Municipal Building on Saturday, community public forum held on Thursday evening also covered concerns about the recent incident at the Bridgewater Commons Mall. Now, this, from what I understand, is not a mall where a lot of fights take place. Demonstrations on Saturday were accompanied by a police escort, as it's been offered ahead of time. And J.com reported that, so they knew about it. It was peacefully done. Video of the police response in which one black teen, later identified by his family as eighth grader Sakai, was tackled and handcuffed, while a teen with a lighter complexion was left unrestrained and briefly unattended. And that video, of course, has gone viral. So... We are marching to demand that the officers who racially profiled and brutalized Sakai should be fired and they should be suspended immediately pending the outcome of the attorney general's investigation. Lawrence Ham, POP chairman, said in a written statement. Uh, the organization has also been calling for the names of the officers involved to be released publicly, along with their disciplinary records and all body cam videos from the incident. Here's my question. The... Uh, 
From According to what NJ.com says, both officers have been on desk duty. There's a police investigation going on. Should we not wait for the result of the police investigation and see if the cops get it right or do it right or see how we feel about what happens after the police investigation before we continue to demonstrate? This reminds me of Paul Simon. You know, when the radical priest comes to get me released, we is all on the cover of Newsweek. You know, you knew when this fight took place that there was going to be demonstrations. There's going to be everybody's going to jump in. Al Sharpton's going to show up. Uh, okay, why don't we let the police conduct the investigation and let's see what the outcome of the investigation is before we decide that we're, you know, we don't like the investigation or the results of the investigation. We're demanding that the cops be fired. We're demanding, okay, let's let the police do their job and see what happens. 1-800-283-101.5. And is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? Because I wasn't aware of it. And if so, if this is something that normally happens, something that's been brewing for a long time, let's talk about it. I think sometimes people just want to, you know, are too quick to jump the gun to get you know, to get their brand noticed, to get notice of what's going on before we wait to see what actually happens or what the results are. 1-800-283-101.5. Let's uh, talk to Lisa in Ewing on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Lisa. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. Listen, we should not wait before um, we have the police investigation because if the police had handled this correctly in the first place, there wouldn't be a need for this. So, I mean, I think historically we have, you know, it has been shown that the police tend to cover things up. Um, I think that, you know, why not let them do that right now? All right. But again, we need the accountability, but let's wait till we get the accountability first. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't make it go away. I'm saying let's find out in their eyes what happened. And then we know what we're arguing against if there's anything to argue. What if the police investigation comes out? What if the police investigation comes out and does everything that they wanted? Can't we just find out? I understand what you're saying, and that does seem logical and reasonable, but their actions well, we were not logical here, and reasonable. Okay, so this is why we need logical and reasonable, to combat the illogical and the unreasonable. More, adding more it illogic. Already, and, it had, it has already been too much of illogic and un, un, irrational behavior. Which is why we need, which is, which is why we need more. Okay, and this is why we need an investigation, and this is why we need to hear the results of the investigation. I agree, but still, these investigations tend to be, it's still like an old boys club, and Again, who's going to take they, care of Blue, even if Blue is black. They still okay, take care of Blue. Lisa, I'm with you, but we're, we're saying the same thing, but it's a timing thing. If everything that you just said is going to happen, then I say we need to let it happen and then get that in evidence and then go after that. But right now, I think it's too early. You don't early. think what they've done is already enough evidence? I'm saying what I need to see is I want to hear what they have to say about it. I want to hear the whole story. I want to hear, you know, exactly. I want to hear how they explain it and what happens with it. I understand what you're saying, but I mean, I think they should also be ID'd. They should be on unpaid suspension Lisa, right now. Lisa, 
we're putting the cart in front of the horse. So let the investigation. No, 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 no. Let the, yeah, 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 yeah. Let man, the when he handcuffed and, and roughhoused an a eight-year-old, I mean, a, um, a 13-year-old boy, that's when the cart was put in front of the horse. Okay, so at that point, then we get the investigation. Get, let the, you know, let the names get put out. Let the punishment be meted out, and then see what see how we feel about that. All I'm saying is let the let the investigation play out, and then we go from there. If you're not happy with the results of the investigation, all the more reason to demonstrate, all the more reason to voice your opinion. But right now, I think it's too early. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. What do you think? 1-800-283-101.5. Also, is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? I'm not sticking up for the police at all. What they did was wrong um, in, in so many ways. You know, the one officer, I think one officer went out and they, they see two kids fighting. One officer goes over, grabs one kid, puts him on the benches, what both of them should have done. These are two kids fighting. The fight would have probably stopped had they just let, you know, had they seen the cops. In my opinion, it was totally mishandled. All I'm saying is let's get the results. You know, let's see what the police do with this. There's going to be an investigation. And one of the biggest problems with this, you know what? Let me take a quick break. We'll come back and I'll tell you what I think one of the biggest problems with this is. 1-800-283-101.5. Are you ready for the nice weather? You ready to be outside power washing, fixing up the yard, playing with the dogs? Do you still have that nagging ache or pain in some part of your body? Well, you need to call Trinity Rehab. What are you waiting for? Trinity Rehab can help and now's the time. Give them a call at 800-518-0977. Or go to trinity-rehab.com. They have the EPAP machine, which most places don't have. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, and gets rid of pain fast. Most patients are better in three five-minute sessions. No prescription needed to get started. Call them at 800-518-0977 or trinity-rehab.com. They're here for you. Isn't it time to start feeling better and have no pain? Call Trinity Rehab with locations in Newtown, Doylestown, and Newtown Square. You know they have locations all around New Jersey, like Somerset, Short Hills, Wayne, Wall, and Wyckoff, and check out their newest locations in Hackensack and Cherry Hill. Here's fast traffic. Another brought to you by Community Options. Community Options is hiring right now, supporting people with disabilities. Positions open in New Jersey and Pennsylvania with great benefits plus a sign-on bonus. Just Google Community Options. Community Options, a nonprofit where meaningful work makes a difference. I want to know that 283 101.5, Steve Trevelyse. Based on the uh, fight that took place at the Bridgewater Commons Mall a few weeks ago between two teenagers and the um, subsequent demonstrations and meetings afterwards, is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? Should we wait for the result of the police investigation at the teen mall incident before deciding whether or not to demonstrate? Sharon is in Newark under Jersey 101.5. Hey, Sharon. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. All right, cool. Um had a comment to make because you said it at the end too. Now I've had my run in, you know, I'm 47 years old. Right. So a lot of racism right now, especially towards the police are based off of some of our experiences that we had, you know, the difference between millenniums and baby boomers and things. I I understand. So recently I would say maybe two months ago, I got pulled over in Bridgewater and I'm the type of person. This is what I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. I've had my run-ins with police, so for now on, when I get pulled over, I cut my car off. I cut all the lights on in my car, roll down my window, put my put my keys on top of the hood, and put both hands out the window. You shouldn't have and to do that. I, but that's the way I feel. 
I know. And you know what? And, and that's sad. And how do we how do we get from that to a place where you don't have to do that? But when the thing is, when the officer came over to me, now mm-hmm. this is where it came. He said, boy, what you do that for? I'm a grown-ass man. White officer. Mm-hmm. And there you go. And, and that's, again, why I'm asking. See, I'm, 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 I'm coming at this asking the question. I'm not coming at this with a preconceived notion. That's why I'm saying, before we jump the gun, you know, let's find out what happened, why it happened. One of the problems, I started to say this going into the break, is that investigations need to be quicker. You know, you get two kids in a fight, the principal could go grab those two kids. What happened? And in an hour, know what's going on and punishment is meted out. An investigation goes on for years. And that I don't understand. So here, go ahead. No, the difference is it's the kids. It's a police. If it was two grown men fighting, a police officer will make himself known to the men before he jump in the middle of it in case he get hit or somebody has a weapon. These are two kids that you can yell, and they will stop and pay attention to what's going on and who's there. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't. But you see, when you look at the video, they they didn't. The cops. If the kids had seen the cops, they'd stopped. I believe that. But they didn't. The I cops didn't yell out either to make them aware. This is police. If a grown, if I was there right. and I tackled a little boy, their parents are going to sue me. But you can't sue police officers for things like that. All the stuff. Go ahead. Tackle, tackle the guy. He didn't have to tackle him. He's only was so big. Right. All the stuff that needs to come out in the investigation. I'm saying before we jump the gun, let's see what they have to say. Let them do their job. And then after that, air the feelings. Right now, you, let's see what they've got to say. The, the, fact, the fact of the matter is that nobody can deny this grown man should not have jumped his kid. That's it. That's just the facts. Can't, whatever investigation they have is not going to take that away. He used to be penalized for that portion while they do their investigation. All right. Now, again, I don't know what the police in training instruction is, but let that come out. Sharon, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Uh, Rich is in North Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rich. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You? Good, good. I, I just wanted to point out the, the tactical issues with um, the Bridgewater thing. Okay. I mean, you you sit one person down, two people uh, grab another person. No, one person talking. one person was sat, one person no, grabbed no. the second. The officer went over and helped the person. Now we're talking at the same time. I'm just saying one per you you said that one person was sat and two people grabbed the other guy. No, what happened was the one per the one cop from what I saw sat the kid at the bench at the and then went over to help the other officer, and that's why you had two people on top of the other kid. No, absolutely, and I think the one cop got tunnel vision. She saw the man on top of the other young kid and completely forgot about the other person. The other person could have had a weapon, could have had a gun, could have had anything. Right. Let it come out in the investigation. Yeah, absolutely. And again, nobody got arrested. I mean... Also, something else that could come out in the event. That's what I'm saying. There's so much here. Let's see what they say. I mean, cops cops can handcuff anybody for investigative detention. So that's really for, you know... Not much reason at all, just for safety. Right. Nobody knows what's in anybody's pockets, nothing like that. But I think it's uh, a tactical issue, 100%.
All right. So I, I, I thank you for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I'm just saying, let's wait for the investigation. Let's hear how it's explained by the police, what they have to say. And then after that, if you don't agree with it, protest, demonstrate, do whatever you got to do. I get that. But right now, it's like before, you know, we don't even know what they've got to say about it. Let's hear how they explain it. Uh, I'm very interested in hearing how they explain it. Vic is in Bridgewater on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Vic. Yeah, I agree. Wait for the investigation. I live in the town, and I saw the video, and you got to listen to the video. I mean, uh, you know, they, they want to, like, like, have these guys arrested and everything. Uh, you know, it was, it was a bad thing by the cops. I, I thought they should have banged up the both the kids and then, you know, right. give them a stern warning and let them go. But they're doing this. You know, all the good uh, peaceful protests, you know how they wind up? They wind up people get do violent things. We no, no, there are there are peaceful protests. The police force ain't racist. The town ain't racist. We got uh, a black neighborhood called Hobbstown. That's like uh, uh, less than a quarter mile from the mall. You know, and, and they're like labeling us like bad. So, See, this know? is why this is why an investigation yeah. will lead to an explanation. Yeah, that's what when, they need to right. do. And when Don't there's come an here and, like cause trouble. When there's an explanation, then there's understanding. And that's, you know, that's what needs to happen right now. Vic, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. There are a lot of people in Bridgewater upset like Vic. Yeah, this isn't us. We're not like this. Or or, or are they? Is there a problem? We just had a guy call up earlier. Sharon said, you know, he got pulled over in Bridgewater. And uh, put his hands on the car, took his keys out. And the white cop said, what are you doing that for? You know, that maybe this is not a problem in Bridgewater. So... It was an incident. It was an ugly incident. It was an unfortunate incident. Let's find out what the explanation of the incident is. And I'm not saying is right or wrong here. What happened was totally wrong. Was it a training problem? Was it a freak out problem? Is it is there is there a person, an individual who's actual racist? Let's find out, do the investigation, find out what it says, and then react. Everybody's reacting before there's an explanation of what happened. Your thoughts, 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevely, 730. Now the latest New Jersey. 1-800-283-101.5. Coming up later on, we got screaming Steve Barlotta of the sensational Soul Cruisers. Eddie Testa coming in later on as well. Right now, talking about what went down at the Bridgewater Commons uh, Mall. Over a month ago, two teens got in a fight. Uh, cops broke it up. The uh, What they thought was white teenager was arrested, uh, was handcuffed, not even handcuffed, just placed on a couch. The uh, black opponent was uh, tackled to the ground, knocked over a table. And uh, a month later, there's a demonstration, a march by the People's Organization of Progress, uh, led what it called the Justice for Zakai Hussein March, which started at the Bridgewater Township Municipal Building. I'm asking you, uh, 1-800-283-101.5, is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? And I ask that because if this many people are coming out to march, is it because there's a racial problem in Bridgewater? Is it because of this one isolated incident? If so, should we wait for the results of the police investigation before deciding whether or not or reacting to something, the investigation, that hasn't happened yet? 1-800-283-101.5. Fran is in Gloucester County on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Fran. Hi, Steve. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Same here. How you doing? 
I'm good. So, first of all, I agree with you 100%. The names, I think that the names of the officers should never be given out because it creates a hazard for the families and the neighborhoods because of protesters. The kid was still on the ground. The kid was on the ground. He was still throwing punches when the cops had him he, down on yeah, the ground. No, no, no. He did, it didn't look like that to me. It looked like I to me. Tape 50 so, times. Okay, I watched it 51. I mean, it never, it never looked like that to me. It looked like the kid was taken down. First of all, he didn't know what was going on. He tried to get up. He didn't know what was going on. They didn't identify. It didn't sound like they identified themselves. They tackled the kid from behind, slam him to the ground, pick him up again, slam him to the ground. I'd be wondering what was going on myself. And he still threw a punch with the right hand, and, and then they flipped afraid, him over. A regardless, couple. we can't. It's, regardless of what happened, I'm not here to argue the tape. Oh, no, I'm, no, here no, to, I I'm here to argue the reaction. Should we wait to find out if everything you're saying is true? Then it comes out, and then we see what they say. Okay, look, we found out the officer was wrong. We have fired the officer. We have, you know, we apologize. Whatever's got to be done. Uh, well, let's see what they do before we react the way people are right now. To me, it's putting well, the car in front of the horse. Here's one last question for you. Would the public be so upset if it was two black cops that did this? Uh, we, I don't want to deal with hypotheticals. I don't know. In today's day and age, I really don't. I think the best well, thing we need to do, we, we got to judge it by one, thanks to the call, friend. We got to judge it by one incident at a time. And as those incidents pile up, Hopefully, we get to a better place. Kevin is in Bridgewater on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Steve. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I I actually, I've lived in Bridgewater all my life. I'm a grad school student right now. Um, I just wanted to share an um, experience that I had. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, sorry. My GPS is going off. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. Don't listen to her. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm white and... Although I can say, I, while I've never experienced a racial issue with the police, right. I do want to draw attention to something that I have noticed. And I do think that while we should absolutely wait for the investigation, and, you know, I, I, I do believe that, in, that it's better to be last to the party and be right than to be first to the party and be wrong. Okay. Um, although I do think that there's an unfortunate... Um, people don't make the distinction between necessarily bad policing and racist policing. Now, racist policing is bad policing, but not all bad policing is racist policing. So either way, we should wait for the results of the investigation to see how they determine Absolutely. it. Absolutely, 100%. All right, Kevin, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Edward's in Hillsborough now. He says he was at the mall when it happened. Edward, how are you? First of all, the last caller, Kevin, is an idiot. Well, let's go. Before we get into name calling, just tell me what you think. And and, and you're not going to like what I have to say because it's nothing but the truth. Now, what would I want to do with the truth? He wasn't even a white right? kid. He was a he was a Spanish kid. Okay. Why you being, black... why, hold on. Why are you being so nasty? Why can't we just have a conversation? Because I'm, I'm so sick and tired. Of the, the the cops are, are getting bad rackets. I'm from Bridge Hillsborough Bridgewater. Edward, there's blacks, there's whites. All right, Edward, Spanish. do you understand? Everybody gets along. Do you, all right, that's what I'm asking. Do you understand? That's what I'm asking. Everybody I'm not, gets along. I'm not attacking. Everybody gets along. I'm not attacking. But when the cops approached the the scene, right? They said, "Everybody, sit down." The white kid sat down. The Spanish kid sat down. The black kid started cursing, screaming, get the fuck off of me, everything. Of course, 
You're going to get... Now I got to hang up on you. You're going to drop F-bombs, I got to hang up on you. He's talking about what he said went down. Okay, fine. If that's what went down, then it comes up in the tape, it becomes part of the investigation, and then we get the results, which is all I'm saying. 1-800-283-101.5. Before people jump the gun and make demands on what should happen to the cops and what should happen to the kids, let's the investigation come out. Let it take place. Let the process. We have one criminal justice system. It's all we got. We got one process. It's what keeps us away from everybody else. It's what separates us from, separates us from the animals. I'm making a joke here. God forbid. And it's our criminal justice system. Let it play out. Let's the investigation happen. Let's see if they're going to make charges in the investigation. If they do, if they don't, we get reasons why, and then work off those reasons. Instead of everybody jumping the gun, making demands on what they want to happen, and then getting upset with, with, when their wishes aren't carried out. 1-800-283-101.5. Billy's in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Billy. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I uh, I agree with you that uh, an investigation, you know, is the important thing here. But I also think, you know, I'd make a lousy radio host, and I, I would guess that your first day you'd be a lousy tree removal guy. I make a lousy uh, Billy. Don't worry. But everybody is a better cop. You know what I mean? Like anymore, everybody is just, I'm a better cop. I, I would have handled the situation better, but you're not there. You're not in that situation. And then I feel a lot of the times today is everybody's just trying to be mad at something. You know, Agreed. cops are trained to read body language and, and I wasn't there, so I can't make any judgment, but also, I mean, it's not really my life, so I can't get all bent out of shape about it either. You know, people are so worried about the smaller things in life. I, I don't know. I don't think it was really racist and I, I'm a hundred percent with you. Let the investigation happen. Let them do what they need to do. Internal affairs and all, all the chain of command, you know, it's all there. And then make a decision. Happen. Yeah, and then decide, exactly. get your opinion. Exactly. And if you are right about it at the end, and, and then you want to protest it, and, and if it was something, hey, listen, if it was a racist guy, it's just not acceptable. And today, you know, and, and it, it let's let's hang him at the stake, you know, kind of deal. You know what I mean? In, in a sense, whatever. But uh, it's just overreaction all the time about everything. All right, Billy, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5, and it's never acceptable. I mean, this is the thing. You know, let the investigation play out, and then we go from there. Antonio, Rose, Joe, Debbie, don't go anywhere. Jersey Radio. Three, 101.5, Steve Trevelis. Is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? Should we wait for the results of the police investigation of the team wall incident before deciding whether or not to demonstrate, like uh, the one that was held last Saturday? There'll be plenty of time. 1-800-283-101.5. Let's talk to uh, Antonio in Piscataway on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Antonio. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? All right, man. Just getting finished some laundry. Um, A lot of topic that's on the air right now. Right. I totally agree with you because if you don't wait for the outcome, the results of something, how are you fighting for anything? Yeah, how do you know what you're mad about? You're already jumping the gun. You're already expecting a negative outcome. Exactly. Like you got to take it day by day. And if you if if you really have to question that there's racism, there's racism everywhere. Like there's not, it's not just a white and black thing. You could be t- 
Chinese and be racist against a Chinese person. Like people don't understand that, and it it it, it gets color washed in today's time that it's always a white and black thing. It's it's, it's not just white and black. No. When you look at this, have you ever endured it, Antonio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I endured it many times from black cops, from any type of um, different orientation from a cop. Do you feel it's better now? White. It's not better. It's, it's not. not better now. But what I, what I was trying to say was, it's funny that people are jumping the gun to a situation that they don't fully understand. When you're when you become a cop and you learn certain tactics over the years from the seventies to the eighties, they learn different things from the culture of what the different neighborhoods go through. So if you see a lot of Instagram, TikTok, and people mobbing, people doing this and then the third is gangs this, gang that. So it gives you a rationality to look at like, okay, I need to treat this certain scenario different if I was there. Yeah, Antonio, Antonio, are you a cop? Have you ever been a cop? No. All right, then you can't speak to how they're trained. You know, I'm sure they don't go, they're not trained the same way they were in the 70s. We've, you know, progress. We've come a long way. Things are different in every possible way. So as far as the police are concerned, let's see. You know, let's see what happens. Let's see. I want to know why the officers reacted the way they reacted. What is their actual explanation? Probe that. Is it truthful? Is it not truthful? You know, what, you know, why did it go down the way it went down? Look at it from every angle. Not only just the video. You know, why? Explanations. Did somebody freak out? Did somebody handle it the wrong way? I imagine the, you know, the cop that got the one kid and put him on the couch. You know, they're breaking up a fight. They're not looking to hurt anybody. It looked like the other officer overreacted. Why did he react that way? Why did he think that way? Why did he slam that kid? What happened? What was going through his mind? I want the full details of the investigation. And then, okay, this is what, this is the explanation. This is the investigation. Now, give me your opinion of what they found. 1-800-283-101.5. Really is that simple. Now, I want to give you guys more time. I don't want to take like a 30-second phone call here. So we've got Curtis. We've got Rose. We've got Joe. We've got Chris. I got another call coming in. We got Debbie. So basically, you know, there was a a march last Saturday uh, in Bridgewater. Activists marched uh, to the Commons Mall uh, nearly a month after the fight in which uh, there were two, uh, two teenagers. One black, one uh, Mid-Eastern Hispanic who looked white, and the white kid was put on the couch, and the black kid was tackled, knocked over a table, and it all began. The People's Organization for Progress led what he called the Justice for Zakai Hussein March. Let's see what kind of justice happens at the end of this investigation. And should we wait to find out? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelisse. Stay there. Reliable. It ain't over yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Trevelisse. You and me till 11 o'clock tonight. We got so much to talk about. All right, coming up in about an hour... 
We're going to have screaming Steve Barlotta, saxophonist, for the sensational Soul Cruisers, who almost lost his life to COVID. He's going to be in here telling his fascinating story of 35 days on their respirator. Did he actually leave his body? So much to talk about. And uh, Eddie Test will be joining us later on as well. It's going to be a great night, so don't go anywhere. Well, no. What we're talking about right now is uh, the protest that went on in Bridgewater, the march on Saturday. Activists marched to the Bridgewater Commons Mall nearly a month after the police response to a fight that sparked widespread outrage over very different ways the two teams were handled. Evan Vogt wrote the post on NJ1015.com. So I'm asking, because of this protest, is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? Or was this just a situation where two kids got into a fight, uh, one black, one they thought was white. He says he's Middle Eastern, Hispanic. Okay. Cops handled it two different ways. The black kid got tackled to the ground. The white kid was told to sit down and uh, it all went awry. The police are investigating. Both cops have been put on desk duty, according to NJ.com. So do we wait for the results of the investigation to find out what exactly went happen, uh, happened or do we jump the gun? Your thoughts. 1-800-283-101.5. Rose is in Cherry Hill on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rose. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was waiting to speak to you because, honestly, um, I have I have an experience. I, start, I first want to start out by saying I agree with you that they definitely need to, um, everybody needs to wait for the investigation to come out. I do believe when it does come out, that these officers are going to be held accountable for their actions because their actions were terribly wrong. Um, but I want to share an experience with you. I, I lived in Bridgewater. I'm 51 years old. Right. I lived in, uh, so I grew up in Bridgewater during my high school years. Right. I went to high school at a private school in Edison and I would commute back and forth home. Um, I grew I when I in, when I lived in Bridgewater, I lived in a very wealthy community. My father was very successful and and still is. And so, you know, we lived in like, you know, in one of the most prominent areas there in Bridgewater. Now, Rose, how long ago were we talking? With, well, I'm 51. So, I mean, this was 19, uh, 1985 to 1989. Okay. okay. So I just want to share my experience with you when you talk about is there racism in Bridgewater? Because some of these people that I encountered when I was when I was in, in 1985 to 1989, some of them might be police officers now. Mm-hmm. Some of them might be in, in some judges or anything, you know, sitting or lawyers, anything in the area. My experience was this, okay? The first time I was ever called inward was in Bridgewater. I, I, you know, because of where I lived, you know, I used to go to like house parties and things like that right. and with friends and, you know, we would be in the, uh, you know, uh, in the house and other people's houses. And, and the first time I was ever called inward ever was, was in those situations where, oh, the in, the in person is here. That in person is here. Okay. Now this and is nineteen eighty five. Eighty five to eighty nine. Eighty five to eighty nine. So do you right. think that still heard... does that still exist in Bridgewater or have they have I... they grown from that? I don't know. The I'm reason asking. why right, I mean I'm I'm gonna answer that. So the reason why I think it still does is because 
racism is systemic. So you, you grow up with it, right? And like I said, think about my age. Some of those people are that I was like probably in those vicinities with mm-hmm. in the, in the homes and stuff like that. They, they might have, you know, powerful positions there in the area. I, uh, some of them I still know, um, that I'm friends on Facebook with that I, that I know still live in that area. And when so you, when you people, correspond with them, do they say that there's still a racial problem there or do they not? And, and well, you know, go ahead. Yeah. So, so these are things that are like unspoken, um, comments. People don't outwardly say, okay, um, I'm a racist. These no, are, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying from the vibe of you're saying your friends on Facebook would tell you that, you know, hey, this is still going on. You wouldn't believe what happened to me. But if that's – I understand the case that you're making, and that's another reason why we need to see what comes out in this report. And if what you're saying exactly. comes out in the report, then there's the validation. Rose, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Whatever. Let's find out. What happened? Why people reacted? The officers reacted the way they reacted. Curtis is in North Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Curtis. Good evening, crew. You there? I'm here. How you doing? Yes, good to hear you. I listen to you every day. You bring me through my day every day. Thank you, Curtis. I appreciate that. Listen, upon that same note that you're on, right. it goes back to, to my grandmother. I'm from originally from Barbados. Uh-huh. My grandmother told me, don't ever judge a person until you know what's going on. Exactly. If you don't know what's going on, you can't just come and say this. It's, it's like Russia and whoever. I really don't care about that because I don't know what's going on. I care about those people that I see walking, the old people and children and stuff that I see walking in swamps and stuff. That's who I care about. Right. I cannot judge anybody because right. I do not know. That's why we need to find out. I've been to Plainfield. I've been up everywhere in America. Right. But. And it's, it's all, I see prejudice, and I see nice white people, I see nice black people, I see prejudiced black people. I, I can't judge a person until I know. That's but why I'm we need to see the investigation. Yeah. And that's all i got to see. Well, Curtis, I really appreciate you calling to say it. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. You don't know until you know. And the investigation, I don't think they're going to hide anything because there's too much focus on this. There's too much attention. And in 2022, we need more than ever to be transparent. We need to be quick and we need to be transparent. Chris is on 78 on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Chris. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. So I'll try to be real quick. I want to get to one of my things I want to look at is let's take out race altogether, first of all. Let's look at the situation what happened. Okay. Was it handled appropriately regardless of who, the, whether the cops were, the kids were, anything else. Let's take the actual situation. The fight, one kid was pushed aside, the other kid was tackled. Okay. Was that been handled that way? Let's look at it that way, first of all, because that's the first motive you have to look at. Because if you look at, was it a good judgment call or a bad judgment call to tackle for two grown men to tackle a kid, yes or no? And I'm not going to decide one way or the other because Unfortunately, I am biased. I have several members of my family who are law enforcement, so right. you know I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, you make total sense. Them. 
But so let's look at that. Then you look at, well, was it a good judgment call based upon the situation? Yes. Okay, look at it. Was it a good judgment call based upon the in specific individuals involved? Okay. And then you look at whether or not the situation was handled appropriately or handled inappropriately. Unfortunately, the court of public opinion, no matter what happens, the situation was handled inappropriately. The way the headlines run, the way the way that the social media runs, no matter what the outcome is, that the, the situation will have never been handled appropriately in the court of public opinion. Well, depend on who the public opinion is, and everybody's got a different opinion. But let me ask you this. You know, what you left out, what I want to know, I want to know the thought process. I want to know what each officer was going through their mind, what they were thinking, and why they did what they did in their own words. Correct. And uh, Was it a training problem? No. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, we, 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 can, we can do the investigation, but we can never know maybe... Maybe that guy didn't, you know, spilled his coffee on his, on his pants earlier and was upset about that. You know? All right, but Chris, we only, the, inve- the only thing we have is the investigation. You know, we have a criminal justice system. We have a law. You know, we have, uh, you know, laws of the land. We need to go by that, find out what happened, and then take that and judge it. Correct. And then, you know what, again, as somebody who has law enforcement in my family, some local, and I will say some in Somerset County, uh, you know what, that the, if they if it was a judgment call based upon race or a poor judgment call, then they deserve to be held accountable just like anybody else would be you yeah. and me if we did the exact same. And that's got nothing to do with your family and friends. That's just Correct. the justice system. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Your thoughts. Is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? I don't think so. I don't know. Some people are saying yes from years ago. Some people are saying no right now. Uh, What do you think? Some people are upset that this is happening who live in Bridgewater because they don't feel there's a racial problem. Aside from that, because there was an incident at the Bridgewater Commons Mall where a white teenager, perceived white teenager, was handled one way, a black teenager was handled another and now we've got protests, and like Paul Simon, you know, the radical priests come to get me released. We is all on the cover of Newsweek. So where do we go from here? Do we go down to the schoolyard? Or do we wait for the results of the investigation? Let's see what happened. Let's get in everybody's head what happened, put that out there, and then we decide how we react, how we feel, based on the explanation, which is really all we have. 1-800-283-101.5. I got Lamar, Mike, Debbie. I can get you in. Call me, let me know. Are you ready to relocate? Want to take advantage of this seller's market? Robert Dukansky of REMAX First Advantage can get you thousands of dollars more than you ever imagined. Nick and Susie wanted to move out of state, needed to sell their Tom's River home. Who else did they call but Rob and his team? It's no surprise they got outstanding results in just eight days. There were 25 showings, multiple offers. The home sold for $20,000 over the list price at three hundred seven. Nick and Susie were on their way to their next adventure. Robert Dukansky of Remax First Advantage has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. No worries if your situation changes. You can get out of the contract at any time. So call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com and start packing. 
Irish Fast Traffic. 1.5 wants you to get the Luckerty Irish. You can instantly win $100 gift card to Wegmans Food Market. Just listen at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for the Luckerty Irish secret code word. Enter it on our app to win a $100 Wegmans gift card. There's three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, Edison Nissan on Route 1 in Edison. This St. Patrick's Day, get the luck of the Irish from New Jersey. 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. All right. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Is there a racial problem in Bridgewater? Is that why there are protests going on Saturday? Or should we wait for the results of the police investigation of the Teen Mall incident before deciding whether or not to demonstrate or what steps to take? 1-800-283-101.5. Lamar is in Plainfield in New Jersey, 101.5. Hey, Lamar. Hey, guys. How are you? Um, first of all, thank you so much for taking the call. My I'm pleasure. a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. And uh, I am a 52-year-old black man. From Plainfield, New Jersey, I'm educated and uh, spend a lot of time in that area. And uh, what I can say about this is, um, firstly, when you say that people are jumping the gun, I I have to disagree with you in that um, the history, the collective history of law enforcement, not just in the United States, but in particularly in New Jersey, uh, is troubled. And so with that ongoing sort of recent history, people are a little fed up. And although they may not have the specific facts surrounding this case, when you see the video and you watch the initial uh, approach of the officers and the situation at hand, It's a little easy to see that they did not make uh, a proper sort of uh, intervention. One person was treated one way, the other person was treated the other way. And though a lot of people have said, you know, it wasn't about race or it can't. We don't know what it was about. But, Lamar, let me wait, let me interrupt you for a second. Right. We don't know what it was about. So regardless of what people say, and your argument that, you know, we're going to base this on generations is, again, we need to get into the heads of what happened, of the people that, you know, were in it at the time. What happened? What were you thinking? Why did this happen? And then get to the bottom of it and then make a conclusion. And once, and uh, I don't disagree we, with you. Yeah, and that's the that's the problem that I've got. You know, everybody. I think people are jumping the gun because we want reaction, we want instant results. We're upset. Okay, let's find out what happened. And as far as the police go, you know, they just released a disciplinary report where they're totally transparent and they gave out everything, all the discipline that the police officers have had, and it was like less than one percent, three hundred and fifty out of thirty-eight thousand. Receive major discipline. So do the police get any credit for staying on their game? Do they get any credit for trying to turn things around? Or do we just base the police on what happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? I mean, give give both sides their due. I definitely don't want to put police in that situation because I respect all law enforcement, and I think that they do an outstanding job. So do we give them the benefit of the doubt of waiting to see the results of this investigation? 
while I think that we should do a thorough investigation, I also believe that people are going to base their opinions on what they've experienced. And if you've never been targeted because of your color, then you're not really going to understand that initial reaction and how it feels to be targeted and over and over again. So I think that part of this uh, demonstration has a lot to do with that as well. So, you know, I appreciate you listening and taking my call. And hopefully what I've said tonight will sink into some people who might have, you know, an opposition or an opposing view and think about what it might be to be in that other person's skin or in that other shoe where you're always being targeted and you're always being sought out and separated from a group of people because of the color of your skin. So See, again, what's, what's uh, shout about out this? to NJ 101.5. I really appreciate you guys. Law, what's great about this is that we get to have this conversation. People get to hear this conversation. They get to hear what you have to say. And then you're right. And this plays into people's opinions. And this is why, you know, we need to get everything. And this is why this is such a great talking topic. Because now we can all learn and we can all benefit. And again, it would be so much better, and it will be so much better, when we find out exactly what happened, what everybody's thinking, why they did what they did. Lamar, thank you. Thank you so much for calling New Jersey 101.5, and keep listening. Uh, your thoughts? one 800 There was an incident in Bridgewater over a month ago. Two teens got into a fight, and they were handled differently by the police, one white, one black. There's an ongoing investigation. But before we get the results of the investigation, we've got demonstrations. We've got people calling for the officer to be fired. We want the names released. We want video cam. We want body cam footage, et cetera, et cetera. I'm saying let's find out. What happened? Let's hear the results of the investigation, my thoughts, and then go from there. What are yours? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. It's 830. Now the latest New Jersey news from Trevelis. Right, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number coming up at 9 o'clock. Screaming Steve Balada from the sensational Soul Cruisers. After that, we have got Eddie Testa coming in later. they got an incredible show coming up uh, this weekend. Spady is going to be hosting. You're going to want to be there. We'll give you all the details coming up. So uh, and don't go anywhere, I'll tell I'll know. Right now, we're talking about what happened in Bridgewater. Uh, and uh, your thoughts, should we wait for the investigation, for the results of the investigation to come out about the two teens in the fight that were broken up differently by police officers, one white, one black, or uh, jump the gun? That's what's happening now with all kinds of demonstrations, people demanding jobs. Let's find out what happened. Your thoughts. Uh, Mike is in Bridgewater on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up, Steve? How much? How you doing? Hey, I'd first like to say, Steve, you rock. Thank you, Second, pal. I'd like to say to my wife, Donna, I love her very much. And now I will yeah. tell you, I live in Bridgewater, and Bridgewater is not a racist town. All right? Okay. Somerset County, Bridgewater is like a pork roll and cheese, an eggs benedict type of area, okay? You got two groups. Bella ham and cheese, yeah, well, you could call it that. <laughs> Pork roll egg and cheese. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think everybody's getting crazy on this. 
they should just lay back and let's hear what the truth is, okay? Let's hear what happens. You know, there's a presumption of innocent until proven guilty. Let's let that roll. Yeah, all right? that's all that's I'm asking. feeling about it. All right, Mike, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Let's find out, you know, what the results of the investigation are and then decide what you want to do. Do you accept it? Do you reject it? And go from there. Joe's in Pittsgrove on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, Joe? Hi, buddy. How you doing, Steve? Good. How about you, pal? First thing I want to say before I even give my opinion here is I went to that show down to Hard Rock on Saturday night to see uh, Todd Rundgren and... Uh, Wasn't it great? Uh, oh, my God. Were you there? Yeah. Oh, I was looking for you. I did not see you. I wouldn't have missed I it for the world. You're a little bit late. Uh, I thought it was great. What a great show. It and I was. Had great seats, thanks to you and your station. I, I was right up front. Beautiful, beautiful concert. I enjoyed it very much. You got it. I'm now, glad. Secondly here, my thoughts. Um, I reviewed that video over and over and over again. Right. And the video was cut. A lot of it was cut. So you really couldn't see what was really going on behind the scenes. It happened so fast. And it was a portion of a cut, as I said. I personally do not think it was racially motivated by no means. I think what we had here was two, my personal opinion, I thought we have two inter, um, inexperienced officers. And I'm going to tell you why. Right now, you're a cop. Can we say that? I am a cop. Okay. The first officer, so you got some authority on this, I'm just saying. The, the first officer, I thought, that, you know, that had the individual uh, uh, under control, whatever, put him on the ground. I think he, maybe he overreacted, but again, we don't know what the situation was, and we'll find out after the investigation. Was that that youngster, you know, putting up a fight verbally or, or resisting in any way? We don't know yet because the video was cut. Okay. And now the other, the female officer, what she did was totally un, un, uncalled for. She put the guy off to the side and then turned her back. She put herself and everyone else in jeopardy. What she should have done was taken him off to the side and kept him away from the others. And the other officer that young man down should have brought him off to the side and just broke them up. They were kids. Right. These are kids. Just separated. Right. They probably would have stopped if you just yelled at him. Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. They should have just got in between them, separated them, and then got to the bottom of it rather than one overreacting, and the other female was underreacting. She could have caused her injury to herself just by turning her back to that individual. And I noticed on the video, he got up and started walking towards her. I mean, if, you know, you don't know what the situation was. I mean, he could have whacked her in the back of the head. She had her back to him. That was a, a absolute taboo, what she did. That was wrong. But I think the crowd up there is overreacting. They want their cops' jobs. Get out of here. They all want, everybody wants to protest right away and take somebody's job. They weren't there. You never put yourself, if you haven't had a, the, uh, the opportunity to be in that kind of situation as a law enforcement officer, don't be so quick to judge. Our job is very difficult, and you have a split second to make a crucial decision, which could be the, the means of life or death to for someone else. Now you don't go back to look at the tape over and over again in that bang-bang moment that it happens. And I can't really distinguish anything. So there's more going on here, I would think. And they'll find out in the investigation through interviews, integrations, whatever they do. Um, and then, then, you know, wait for the truth to come out. And let's let's see what the results are. Start protesting and, and 
and you know, God forbid that I hope, I hope nobody starts rioting and stuff, but you know, I mean, before anything drastic happens, let's get to the truth. That's all. Let's get the truth. And all right, Joe. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Uh, let's go to Jake is in Matawan on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jake. Hey, Steve. How are you? It's Jake from Matawan. Hello, Jake from Matawan. How you doing? Okay, now I'm good, but I like the past caller. He right. started off a little weak, but he finished off really strong. What the video doesn't lie is that the police officers pushed, had took the African American kid to the ground to handcuff him while they were get, while they were taking a lunch order from the other kid that was sitting on the sofa behind them. This is why we need an investigation. We need to know why. We need to know what happened. Very, very good. I'm glad you said that because that's the fact. You need to know why. Why they push the black kid to the ground and let the other kids sit down and, you know what, take my yes. order. And while you're at it, bring me a Coke. Well, and again, you don't turn your back on either one of them. Jake, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Al's in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Al. Steve, how you doing today, sir? Good, buddy. How are you? You sound, you're losing your signal. Step to the right. Oh, my apologies. I got excited. I was on speaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> listen to that voice here, of yours. Man. My God. Go ahead. Hey, listen, man. I'm, I, I want to be like you, man. If you got room, let me know. I, then you got to have the voice of radio. But I've been in restaurants. So. Oh, okay. But, hey, uh, long story short, Steve, man, like these past two gentlemen just said, man, you know, it, 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 these are kids we're talking about, man. You know, the fact that these officers could have handled them a different way, period. Um, right. You know, be calm. Be patient. Talk first, man. Even when you're dealing with adults, I've seen officers that have diffused situations, pull people aside, black or white, and try to get the real facts. You know, um, they're the good talking about. They know what they're doing. Exactly right. So, like you were saying of this whole segment, man, it, it, get the investigation. Talk to these officers. They might have their own personal issues going on, and that's where you take action. You know, people have to. Uh, calm down a bit, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. It's like, you know, me being African-American myself, you know, I've witnessed and experienced it myself. Cops can be a little bit more aggressive towards us than other reasons, you know, than other times than need be. Um, and it's just, it's a personal thing, man. You know, it, it, people shouldn't attack the cops for what they're doing. They all got a job to do. It just comes down to the individual and their state of mind, man. You know, if you're looking at this person as the, the uh, aggressor, you know, and you treat them accordingly or a certain way, you know, that's on you. You know, that's not all uniforms. And that's um, what comes mostly, out in the investigation. Al, I got to hit a break, but you're right. That's what comes out in the investigation. Thank you, Al. Jersey Radio. Point five, Steve Trevelis. I'm looking at Eddie Testa on television with Bruce Springsteen. Later on, he's going to be in studio here playing with his old pal, screaming Steve Barlata of the uh, sensational soul cruises. Eddie's got his own event uh, coming up this Saturday night. we got to talk about it as well. Jesse Warren will be here. Uh, also, who else? The Joe Bercotta Band is going to be here as well. Well, Joe Bercotta is going to be here. The band, I guess, stays home. But right now, we're talking about the um, the fight that went on between two teens at the Bridgewater Commons Mall over a month ago. There have been demonstrations about how the fight was broken up, what happened to the uh, one white kid, the one black kid taken down differently by the police officers. I'm saying uh, before we continue the demonstrations at all, let's get the result of the investigation and see where we go from there. Paula is in Bridgewater on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Paula. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So my opinion on this is that you got 
two officers going in with two different mindsets. You got the female officer thinking, ah, we got two teenage boys. Let's break them up. Let's sit this kid on the bench and see what we got. You got the male officer thinking, ah, two thugs. One might have a weapon. We better cuff them. Neither one of these officers, for those split seconds, knew what the other officer was doing. They don't have eyes in the back of their head. They might have thought that their partner was doing the same exact thing that they were doing. So the mistake, I think, was made that as soon as you realize that one's on the ground, one's cuffed, one's sitting on the bench, at that point, what they should have done is either they should have cuffed them both because they were both fighting and walked them out of there, or they should have sat the other kid on the bench, took the cuffs off, and said, okay, what's going on, guys? What's going on? That's the mistake they made. I don't think it was racially motivated. I think it's a learning experience. And from, you know, from everything that's going on and people talking about it back and forth, you've got to move forward. You've got to take this as an experience, a learning experience. You've got to move forward and get on with it because people are just picking sides, and I think they're making it worse than it looks bad on video, granted, but I think they're making it even worse by picking it apart and just making it racially motivated. I think you just had two officers with two different mindsets. They reacted. They didn't know what their partner was doing in those split seconds. And like I said, they thought maybe they each other. Is your baby crying, Paul? What's that? Is your baby crying? No, it's a cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to think maybe you may want to tend to the kid, you know? I mean, nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. That's all right. Is your cat crying, Paula? Uh, he's, he's hungry. He's hungry. All right. Well, don't let him starve. You you continue talking. That's what's important. Let the poor cat starve in the kitchen. That's okay. Scratching at the cabinet trying to get food while you go on your soapbox about the cops. That's okay, Paula. All good. And I do agree with your previous colleague, Joe, the police officer. Uh -huh. um, he said about the woman cop when she turned her back. That's a bad move because you don't know if that kid could have had a knife or a gun and boom, you know. Well, the first thing we need to know, like you assume you know what's in their heads. We just got to find out what's in their heads and uh, let it play out. Paul, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Once we've got it on paper, the results of the investigation, and it's made public, now we can react to it. For all we know, the cops could be in the process of doing all this, and then when you got the public telling them, you should do this, you should do that, you, it could screw things up. All right, I'm running out of callers. There's only one person left to put on. I'm at the bottom of the barrel, the absolute end of my wits. Debbie in Berlin, what's up? What are you thinking? I think she left. Debbie? Debbie's gone? <laughs> no. Oh, she's no, back. No. You're not that lucky, Steve. I was just about to hang up. You're not that lucky. You were hoping I'd hang up. No. I will say this. Long I, story short. I, mean, I, I listen to all your callers, and I got to say, uh -huh. you got a bunch of good callers there, okay? In particular, the cop, the last girl that talked, a good number of them. Really, I, I appreciate it because I agree with a lot of them. However, I'm going to say this. Okay. Okay, if, if people put in logic and common sense, that would help the situation. Now, one thing is that I was raised in a military environment since birth. So, yes, I was raised among police officers and soldiers, okay? So I was taught respect and discipline manners. And I'm still that way, although I'm much older. Mm -hmm. I'm be 67, by the way, in April next month. Hint, hint. So long story short. What did it? Were you a birthday present? <laughs> No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. 
I didn't say Because you're all going to chip in. But listen, I got you at a commercial break, so you got like 10 seconds. Go for it. Okay, so what I'm saying this is that, listen, uh, I got criticized by the kids, the black kids, when I was teaching. They said I was prejudiced because I was giving them constructive criticism on the mistakes they made on their work. So there you go. How about that for 10 seconds? That's 10 seconds. Not New York. It's all right. Steve Trevelis. Number to get you through the night is 1-800-283-101.5. Go to nj1015.com. You're going to see uh, the Steve Trevelis page. And uh, when you do, you got to check it out because my interview with Paul Schaefer is there, uh, part one. Paul Schaefer, part two, coming up tomorrow. Colin Mockery is on there as well. Paul McCartney, uh, when he played in the Ukraine, we got the songs. He's coming around. So do stick around. And uh, stick around for this. There's a new poll that finds New Jersey residents are sick of COVID and ready to move on. I got with me a guy who was sick from COVID and almost died from the Soul Cruisers. We are talking about screaming Steve Barlotta in the studio. How are you, my friend? Good. What's going on, Steve? I want to know what's going on with you, man. You are a fascinating story. Not only did you beat COVID, you almost died trying. I absolutely did. Um, in March of... Uh 2020, in the beginning of the pandemic, right. uh, I wound up contracting COVID, wound up getting sick March 25th, and I wound up uh, taking a year odyssey to get better. What you an know, incredible journey. Un, you know, unbelievable trip. I mean, it started, uh, we went to our friend's house when um, the day the quarantine started, and we said, oh, you know, it's the last hurrah, this will be done in like three or four months. And I said, oh, you know, we'll have some coffee and cake, you know, cannoli or two, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so we, we, we wound up staying for a couple hours. And then um, two days later, our friends called us and they, and they said, you know, hey, I'm running a fever. And I said, wow. I said, okay. And I went, I, I said explicit. I was cursing up a storm. And I said, I, my wife told me, she says, oh, we shouldn't have went. We shouldn't have went. And I said, what are you going to do? I was hoping maybe I'm not going to get it. Um, two days later, I wound up getting a cough and the following day started running 104 fever. And, um, unbeknownst to us, they were in, our friend was in Vegas a few days before coming right. home. So he caught it on the flight and brought it back from Vegas. I wound up getting it, wound up going to Central State, uh, in Freehold. I live in Jackson and, um, I uh, remember sending my wife a picture, um, the last picture I took was me on, they just ran a line, and it was the last picture I took, and it was the last time I saw them for nearly four months. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wound up spending um, 37 days ICU, um, 28 days on a ventilator. Uh, I was in a cytokine storm, which is the worst thing. I had DVTs in my leg and my lung. And it's interesting because I play in a band. The Sensational I, Soul Cruisers. Right. I you play played with Springsteen. You play, of course, with Eddie Testa. I yeah. mean, you are, you know, yeah, you're I, yeah, I've been around a the, Jersey Shore icon. Yeah, I've been around the Jersey Shore a long time. Played with everybody. I was, you know, in my career, I've been very fortunate the last 32 years with the band. And, um, and to your listeners, I play the saxophone. Mm -hmm. Saxophone, lungs, what a, what a combination. So I wound up, um, I remember, um, 
it was March 25th, going to the hospital. They wound up, you know, this is the time the COVID tests were taking a long time to get back. They didn't know what to do. Does he have COVID? Does he have COVID? They thought I had strep. They started treating me for strep, and I had COVID. And I progressively got sick very quickly. Once you, they found out that it was COVID, what did they do? Did they have any kind of cure? Did they have any kind of plan? Or was it just the ventilator? Early on, um, I was running a high fever. I had COVID lungs. Right. Um, they basically said, uh, I remember the nurse coming in, Kim coming in, and um, I was talking to the doctors, nurse Kim, and she said, uh, Steve, she said, you have COVID pneumonia. And they started prepping me and already telling me, like, I'll be going on a ventilator. So right before I was put on the ventilator, I was having a tough time breathing. Uh, I was passing out. I was uh, on high flow oxygen and high flow is very loud. It's like, you know, you hear the sound. And um, I was really, I knew I was in trouble. And um, what happened was the nurse comes in, Kim comes in, she says, you know, Steve, you need to call your wife. We're going to be intubated. And I was shaking my head. Oh, no. my God. And it's it's a really tough feeling knowing that you're, you know, after reading like what was going on. In the be- I'm in the beginning. Right. Reading like, oh, going on a ventilator is like, you know, death sentence. And um, she kept on saying, Steve, you need to call your wife. I'd shake my head. No, she held my phone up. I was so weak. And then she wrote on a piece of paper. She said, uh, Steve, you need to call your wife now. You're going to be intubated. There's a good chance you're not going to come back from this. Oh, and, she wrote that. Yeah, because and what I, was it like when you read that? I read that. I knew that. I knew. I, I I'll call them. They dial the number, and I just told my wife, who's here. I just said she don't even remember the conversation. I just you know I barely got out. I loved her. I loved the kids, and you know, at that moment, right before I was passing out, and I put the they gave them the phone, and they went to intubate me. The, really, the only thing you think about is um, was I a good enough father? Right. Was I good to my kids? I didn't think about the mortgage, didn't think about the bills, didn't yeah. think about it, when when it really comes down to it, you're just thinking about life, you know, like the you know the life you're leaving behind. And it was tough and then um I was intubated and um I wound up um eventually my wife fought really hard for me to get the uh, convalent, convalent and plasma. Um, the monoclonal, the mono, uh, monoclonal yeah, yeah, antibodies. Yeah, yeah. They wound up uh, had to wind up getting a, um, a person that was my match because at the time people weren't donating. It was so early. It was in early the disease, on, yeah. right? And I was B positive, and there was no B positive people that were donating. So we had to wait. My wife wound up speaking to people at Johns Hopkins. They wound up getting me a, a positive match at Central State, which was great. I was the first or second person. The day they gave it to me, they started weaning me off the vent. Two days later, I was, I was off the ventilator. And, so it uh, happened fast once you got yeah, the once antibodies. I, once, once I got the antibodies, it happened very quickly. But um, during that time, coming off, I remember they were weaning me off out of the coma. I was in a medically induced coma. And uh, I remember biting on um, the trach. You know, biting on the tube. I was one day away from being trached. My son is a cardiologist. This is a great story. My son, one day away from being trached, my son told him, told the doctors, don't trach him. He'll never play the saxophone again. And I was one day away from being trached, and I was fortunate enough to the plasma came in. I was able to get it. They were able to get me off it. But it was um, it was really tough. Um, the first 
week, 10 days after that, they were kept on suctioning me. I mean, not the gory details, but it's, you know, you feel like you're waterboarding, drowning, you know, and it's a tough thing. So I went to the step down. Eventually I went to um, people at Central State were unbelievable. The hospital, I got a hand. They are amazing. They are amazing. The healthcare workers. I, after Central State, um, you know, I wound up doing uh, PT and OT and inpatient at uh, Encompass South in Tinton Falls, and I was there for two months. Um, during that time, they would ask me, they were like, oh, you know, they had me talk to a neuropsychologist. So the neuropsychologist, and well, I'll, just to back up, so I'm taking off the vent. And they put an iPad in front of me, and I see all these people in my family. And I'm going, wow, what day? I said, it must be Thanksgiving. I said, it must be November. I thought it was November. It was only the end of April. I thought, and I was only there, you know, 31 days. Only 31 days, a long time. It's only 31 days. And I wound up... uh, Looking at everybody, and I remember I couldn't even speak, and I, I just mouthed out a little bit to, to, to my brother who was watching on the screen. I said, is Donald Trump still president? Because <laughs> I, I thought it was Thanksgiving. I thought no. all that time went by because they didn't tell me. I had no television on or anything in the room, you know, other than I'll tell you some funny stories. But while I was on the vent, I would have these dreams. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to take a quick break okay. for traffic. Cool. And this is a tease. We'll tell, we'll tell the stories coming up, okay? I got screaming Steve Barlotta. He's a saxophone player for the sensational Soul Cruises. And uh, he spent 35 days on a respirator. 1-800-283-101.5. If you want to call in, ask any questions. Are you done with COVID? Steve certainly is. And we'll find out more about that coming up. Here's New Jersey 101.5, fast traffic. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Screaming Steve Barlotta, saxophone player for the Sensational Soul Cruises. Like, that would have been enough to get you on the show. But no, you have to contract COVID and go on a ventilator for 35 days. And this is an incredible story. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And we are all so happy that you made it. I am one of the few. I'm so blessed. I mean, I get stopped at shows now. People come up to me and touch me because uh, even my doctors today, like um, I'll, I'll walk through Central State. I remember when I was even doing PT and OT and I'd go to like Lara or the Shannon or Rebecca and they would get uh, re- re- uh, the respiratory guys would uh, would come by and they would touch me. They were like, that's Steve. He actually made it. They said I was in room number seven. They called it like seven heaven. Uh, and, wow. um, you know, they would what they would do is uh, every night they would come in the proning team. They would prone you. You know, and like Danielle was there and Rebecca, and they said they would, they would prone me. Now, what's proning? They would put you on your on your uh, belly. Oh, okay. It would help you to breathe like better. Like to avoid bed sores yeah. and stuff? No, no, to help oh. you breathe. Oh, to breathe. Up your uh, uh, lungs. And, you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm in a medically induced coma. I didn't know that until I see the pictures of me prone. And, you know, and they, they said that I was in that room holding on every day there was people passing they said in every room you know and um i was one of the longer patients and the sickest and i held on you know fighting and um you know i wound up coming off the vent so like i wound up going to encompass i wound up even before that i was talking to a neuropsychologist right and after coming off the vent they asked me he said you know i could hardly speak i couldn't swallow they would say steve what do you remember you know out of uh you know being in a coma do you remember anything and i would say you know i you know i'd have these dreams 
that I lived in Mayberry. I lived did on. Did you the, throw the rock at the pond? And all yes, that? I absolutely really. Did. Okay, I lived there. I went fishing. It was the ho- most happiest place. Well, the neuropsychologist says to me, says they go, well, Steve, that was your body's way of fighting it, staying in a happy place. Really? And I lived in Mayberry. Aunt B would cook for me. It was unbelievable. I had a great time. I actually watched a show. I mean, Mayberry <laughs> is actually before my time. You know, I was born in the '60s, so it was a '60s. Yeah, but show. you're Italian. Aunt yeah. B don't know how to cook her sausage and peppers. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. But you make good chicken, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, chicken. fried chicken, fried chicken. And, and the pickles. So stop yeah. and get the pickles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even speaking of Eddie, Eddie would bring. You know, they would have chicken delivered to me. <laughs> Bringing the chicken tonight, right? <laughs> and the ribs. <laughs> but they wound up, so they said, oh, that was your body's way of fighting, mentally staying in a, in a positive How place. How about that? So then I would have dreams. I beat COVID and I'd be in Miami and the Bahamas with my sons and my wife high-fiving them. So I said, okay, that's the way, you know, of uh, staying happy. And then I said, you know, I, then I had this experience that I felt my spirit come out of my body. And I felt the out of body experience. I felt, I felt so at peace, Steve. You know, no, no joke. And um, I felt so at peace. And I remember looking up and I see this white light, and around it, the most beautiful place. It looked like Fiji meets the Amalfi Coast meets like the Pacific Coast Highway. Actually, now when I look up, and my wife knows, and I'm not crazy, I look up and I actually see it around it. And my my wife would, you know, I tell her, I have no fear of dying anymore. And a voice said to me while it was whole, I was so at peace, said, it's not your time. Go home to your family. How about that? From that moment on, I knew I was going to beat this disease. I knew I was sick. I knew I was going to be all right. And this is all while you're in the trance, all well, while you're in the coma, all while you're dreaming. Yeah. Well, when, well, and they said, well, I found out later on, and my son didn't tell my wife, but right around um, Holy Thursday, the first night of Passover at that time in April of 2020, my D-dimer numbers, the nurses out there would know, my numbers were 14,500. You know, I was clotting all over the place. And I wound up, they wound up dissolving in my legs and everything. And I wound up um, coming out of it. I was afibbing and afluttering. And, um, you know, I was really, they expected me, my wife won't come on the air, but she would tell you that they expected me to pass, you know, that time. That her whole family came and waited because they were, they also, my son and my wife also got sick when I got sick, but not as sick as me. So their fam- her family came and waited outside the house on the lawn, waiting for me to pass. Oh, my God. Yeah, which is un- unbelievable. I found this out afterwards. You know? the, the frustration, the heartbreak of, like, he's going to go on a ventilator, and Janine, you're not allowed in to see him, right? So yeah, you can't was... even have, and that never should have been allowed in the hospital. Right, the thing is, I, I was 103 days uh, isolated in a room by myself, and a lot of people suffer from um, post-traumatic, and that's why in... Um, in the end of uh, March, March 23rd or the 25th, at uh, St. Alphonse Retreat House in Long Branch, right. I'm doing a, a COVID-19 uh, long haulers retreat for people to try to get back to basics, 
to, to understand that they're not crazy what they experienced and all different levels. Some people are suffering major fatigue, lo- hair, um, losing their hair, you know, different, different aspects, you know, uh, shortness of breath, uh, mental, uh, fatigue, fogginess. I still have that brain fog. I still have numbness in my fingers, you know, my, and my right hand. But, you know, I work through it. I try to stay in a positive place. So I'm doing this retreat. Um, one of the speakers on it. I know that, uh, the having a people can look into that. It's at uh, St. Alphonse and, um, you know, in Long Branch at the retreat. And it's for um, the wellness retreat for COVID-19 uh, long haulers. So, I mean, it's good. I think um, the, on a personal note, I'm, I'm glad it's behind us. Um, I think you have to live your life. Right. You know, that's the way I'm, I'm looking at it. I don't walk in fear. You know, I think people shouldn't. Uh, you know, I think you have How do you feel about everything now, having gone through it? And I want to talk about this. We got Brian hanging on. We're going to talk with him. He's a nurse practitioner who is loving your story. And anyone else that wants to call and talk to Steve, 1-800-283-101.5. I want to talk about how you feel, having gone through all that you went through, about how COVID has been handled subsequently and even now. You know, we'll talk about that coming out of the news. But... Uh, you know, just the idea that you're going in, you know, as you're finding out you're going to be intubated and that people don't always come out of this. Was there any kind of finality? I mean, what, what were you afraid? Were you, how, what were your thoughts going in? Like this, the, these may be the last moments of my life. Did you think of that or th- was it just do I, it? I think when you're at, you're at that, that, that doorway, I think you think about life. Um, was I a good enough person? You know, we're all sinners. We all, you know, come on, we, you know, but did I do enough good? Did I try to do things the right way? Oh, and I and I do believe I have. And my wife can uh, contest to it because the the outpouring of love from like the Asbury Park music community and everybody else that came out and supported her when I was sick and even supported me. I at Encompass, I was getting you know I love pizza you know so mm-hmm. I was getting pizzas from. Every and I couldn't eat any of them, you know. That's the torture part. That was the torture part. I couldn't. I would barely, barely, you know. I used to have to do five hard swallows, you know, uh-huh. and they would to get, you know, to be able to swallow again. But they would bring pizzas, and, I, and they would say, "Steve, we got another pizza, and this one's from, you know, X this place." I don't know. I don't want to make many plugs, but <laughs> this is a lot of really good places, and it caused a pizza war on us. But um, there would be, you know, and people really uh, came out of the woodwork and really supported us, you know. And I think it's important. I think, um, you know, as far as the finality of it, I think, you know, you just you think about your family. All right, we got more coming up. It's nine thirty. Now the latest New Jersey news from NJ. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. With me is screaming Steve Barlotta. He's uh, the sax player in the sensational Soul Cruisers. He's played with Bruce Springsteen. He's played with John Bon Jovi, Southside Johnny. But he mostly played an engagement for 35 days on a respirator on the hospital dealing with COVID. And he got through, and he came out the other side, and his lovely wife, Janine, is here, and uh, this has got to be, I, I can't imagine the the fear that uh, that you must have gone through, Janine, as he's going through this, and there he is, about to go on the respirator, you're trying to talk to him, what was that like for you? It was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Um I don't remember much of those first few days. I don't know if I blocked it out. But 
the only way that I got through it was with my, my family and my friends. My son, our son came home from New Orleans. He's a physician. So he came home and he was with us. Did he provide better. comfort, like yeah. being able to tell you what was going on? Oh, yeah, he spoke to the doctors every day. He made everything in plain English for me to understand. And you so were able to speak to Steve every day? Um, yeah, we would FaceTime. The nurses would set up an iPad, and I would FaceTime him, and we would talk to him while he was on the ventilator. And you could hear everything she's saying. You were saying, like, even though you're in a medically induced coma on a ventilator, you were able to hear everything that was going on. That was the thing that um, they asked me. They said, what I re when I remembered the dreams and stuff, and I said, the most important thing I remembered was I've been telling every healthcare provider I've seen is that people in medically induced comas, even family members, talk to your loved ones. We can hear you. I heard everything they said in the room. Uh, one of my nurses, Everett, who took care of me, he was a medic in Afghanistan. He right. took care of me for 13 nights. And uh, I remember him coming in the room. I was paralyzed, could only move my thumb. And he came in speaking. Now, at the time, you can only see they were wearing full PPE. Only, you know, I didn't know who they oh were. Oh, my God. You know, like full helmets, everything, you know. And I can see the fear. I was coming, I came out of the coma, I was off the vent one day, he came in to see how I was doing, and I remember barely getting on, I said, Everett, I said, you're Everett, I said, you're a, you're a medic in Afghanistan, and he comes over to bed, and he goes, I told you when I first met you when you were on a ventilator, when you were in a coma, and I, and I was able, being a musician, mm -hmm. I have good hearing, voice inflections, everything, I was able to identify all my nurses from their voices. That's amazing. And, which, and my doctors, which they were impressed that I said, well, I was, you know, I was, when I was awake, I was awake. So one funny story is that Everett, he wound up finding, the word got around the hospital that, oh, it's, it's Steve from the Soul Cruises. Oh, you know, people, you know, they told me, my wife told me later on. So, you know, like, so he, Everett, being smart, you know, nurse that he is, right. he, um, he says, oh, let me see what kind of music the band plays. So he winds up putting a playlist together while I'm on the ventilator. Yeah. And this, uh, after speaking to him like about six months later, we went to go visit them. And I said, Everett, I said, you know, I also had this wacky dream that I was a DJ in a club. And the <laughs> DJ was playing all these songs that the Soul Cruisers play. You know, like How uh, Melvin and the Blue Notes and everything else. That? And it was a, being a continuous loop. And I was the DJ. And I couldn't leave the club until everyone was done dancing at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. That's your body fighting it off. <laughs> <laughs> so he wound up saying, he says, Steve, when you were in a coma, he says, we, I used to put a little iPad and play all your band songs. And, what oh, a guy. I was like, great, torture. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you're such an inspiration to the nursing staff. I got a nurse practitioner here named Brian who wants to say hi. Brian and Malton, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hey guys, how you doing? Hello, Steve. Hey, Brian. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my driveway, um, listening still from just bringing my son back from hockey practice. And, you know, you, you hit the, you know, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing success story. Um, you know, and, and the thing that made us, you know, the healthcare providers, we all work together. However, the families and the nurses and everybody that was, you know, in the trenches, you know, like, you know, give a shout out to them. That thing your nurse did for you, Everett, that he put the music together, things like that are not taught. 
You know, you can't teach somebody to put something together for somebody like that. That's true passion for healing and helping people. And that's how we got through this thing, the passion of people's, you know, willing to, passion of the patients and the families to survive and the passion of the healthcare providers to go above and beyond and making sure that people, you know, had the best opportunities possible. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, we were, we all hit the beach together and, um, I got to hand it to my doctors, my nurses, the care that I was given at Central State and even at Encompass, you know, then you can't imagine I tip my hat to these healthcare providers. And that's why, like, you know, not on a political thing, you know, with the vaccines and all that, you know, people have different views. These people worked that whole year and uh, took care of me. And I saw the fear in their eyes when they would come in. I was isolated in a room. They ran all my central lines, everything under the door, and they would barely come in. I saw the fear. They didn't want to get it. They saw people in their you oh, know, yeah. 30s, their 40s. I mean, I'm only in my 50s, and they, and they saw me, you know, and I had no comorbidities, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it just wound up hitting it early on. They didn't know how to, you know, really learning how to treat it and how to deal with it. But, um, yeah, you guys, are the I love every one of you. Ryan, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I got a special question for you when we come back. Weekday mornings, share your first ships or job openings with bright and eager students. Employers should contact Rider University's Career Development and Success Office to discuss partnership possibilities, career fairs, workshops, and on-campus interviewing. Email careers at rider.edu or call 609-896-5058 to learn more. is the number. I'm Steve Trevelis. In the studio, from the sensational Soul Cruisers, we got the sax player screaming, Steve Barlotta, and there was no sax for 35 days. While he was on a medically induced COVID, see what I did there? A medically induced COVID coma. The man dealt with it, uh, contracted it in March of 2020. It's a fascinating story. You said that uh, when you were out, you heard a voice tell you that go home is not your time yet. And that you saw you had the out-of-body experience with the light. At any point, did Gabriel blow the horn? No, I think... <laughs> no, at any point. Come on, you're a sax player. At any point, did Gabriel... I'm thinking Twilight Zone episode now. Did yeah, Gabriel <laughs> blow the horn? <laughs> no, but I wound up blowing the horn. You wound up blowing the horn. I wound up... Um, it, it, took, um, it took nearly over three months, um, you know, PT, OT, and uh, speech therapy, and I wound up uh, getting back to playing. And, um, you know, I've been practicing, you know, doing my two and a half hours a day, you know, in the most part, uh, practicing, you know, a little fatigued, a little bit of brain fog. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, suffering from COVID, being a medically induced COVID, uh, coma, uh, being sick that long, you know, it's taken me about a year to get back. Uh, I'm about, I'd say about 80 percent, you know, back to feeling, you know, myself. Um, but it's great to play. You know, I'm out, you know, playing with the band, uh, doing shows. You know, we're playing. Wonder Bar this weekend? Yeah, well, Friday we're at the, the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park, which is great. And, um, you know, so it's great to play in the hometown. How long did it take you? You know, from the time you got out of the coma, because you know, it's, you know, it's not easy to play, and you had a lung disease. How how much training? How long did it take you to be able to get to pick up the saxophone again and play the way you play? Um, about a year. Um, they 
brought the saxophone in uh, to encompass, and I remember uh, David being there and Joe and my family. My wife brought it. I couldn't even put it together. They put it together, and, I, and they put it in my hands, and I blew through it, and I played like, you know, maybe like four or five bars of music. I said, okay, we might have a shot at doing this. I still had the numbness in my hand, my right hand. What was uh, going through your mind, though, when she did it? I was like, it, relief. Yeah. I was like, you know, all right, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get through this. And I think you got to stay positive. I think anyone that goes through any traumatic experiences in life, I mean, it can be, you know, suffering from cancer or a death of a person, a family member. You got to find it in the spirit. You got to find that, that thing, that, that drive to live life because it's worth living. I, oh, it's absolutely, absolutely yeah. worth living. I, I, I enjoy every moment. I can tell you when, when my son Alessandro graduated from high school, my youngest one, um, and I went there, uh, in past June, he's in college now, but I went and I actually, I cried. I said, you know, I'm here. I would have missed that. I would have missed my nieces, both of my nieces' weddings. And, you know, like in, uh, little Lawrence, our, our nephew was just born last week. And I was like, I would have missed all these, uh, you know, events. It's great to be here. I, I enjoy every day. You know what? And we're so glad that you're here to enjoy every day because you would have been a major loss. And, you know, when you see all that's going on right now, uh, now that we're coming out of COVID, uh, it's looking like it's an endemic. What did you think of everything that was going on? Were you like, okay, put everybody in masks, make everybody get vaccinated? Or like, what were your thoughts as far as just how people are treating it? I think uh, you can't live in fear. I think you got to live and let live. Um, I've always been a free spirit like that. You know, let people make their decisions. They're, they're grownups. Right. Um, I think if you're nervous, I th I did get the shots. I did get the booster. You know, I uh, I I think I even though you had the monoclonal even though I even though I had it, I still I I felt and speaking with my uh, medical team, they thought it was the best thing to do, and I did. I okay. listened to them. I they got me to this hey, point. Yeah, you know, Why wouldn't you? And um, and I think that um, you know, I think it's up to the individual. You know, um, you need to if you want, you know, you, you mitigate the the condition. Mm -hmm. Get the shots if you don't want to, you know, you take your chance. You live your life. Live your life. That's the most important thing. You know, live your life. And uh, you got through it. You know, you've got you've got a major story. you got to write a book. I hope someday, hope someone's out there. I really would love to. Anybody want to write a book? We're looking for, like, people that can write a book. Contact me at nj1015.com. Contact uh, Steve. Here you go. Go to soulcruisers.com. If you can write and you want to hear this story, and I'm telling you, as I was saying to uh, Janine, right, the uh, the chapter when he's in the coma, it's just going to be a blank chapter. It's going to be 35 blank pages. So it's a real easy book to write. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, well, you know, the other funny thing, this is a funny thing. When I started, the day before I came off the vent, I was still on the ventilator, so I was awake. I was, you know, they were taking, weaning me out of the coma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they asked my wife, oh, what is, what does Steve like to watch on television? So she goes, he likes to watch, you know, CNN or Fox News. So they said, oh, we're not putting that on. <laughs> so, so. I'd go back in the coma. So she goes, she goes, they, they, she goes, well, he loves impractical jokers. Oh, well, dude, we so, could have got murdered down here. He lives so, up the block. So they put on, while I was on the ventilator, they put on the impractical jokers. Uh, I watched every episode. Oh, that's great. Of the impractical jokers. All Jersey. All Jersey.
1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Now we got a party in the place. We got screaming Steve Berlotta in the house telling the story. Sensational soul cruiser saxophone player. And how he survived COVID 35 days on a ventilator and lived to tell about it. And uh, now he's joined by his good friend Eddie Testa, who uh, spent the morning being photographed with Bruce Springsteen. Now it's about time he stepped up and came on to this show. How you doing, my friend? Hey, always good to see you, my friend. How you doing? Always good to see you. I saw you on television. We're all watching, you know, your picture there. There you (laughs) and the boss and and the other guy. And there you are in the center shot. I like that. I snuck right in, man. I slid right in there. (laughs) Eddie's going to run for mayor. Really? Of the borough, yeah. I forgot to play the uh, the old opening to Atlantic City when he comes in. They blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. We got him here. Jesse Warren is over here, uh, the big-time agent. Good evening, Jesse. How are you? I'm good, my friend. Thank you for having us. Anytime. uh, Mi studio es su studio, especially when you bring chicken. I always, I'm not invited unless I bring it, right? I'm telling you, it's a, it's a two-thigh <laughs> minimum to get in this place. And now you made Steve jealous, and i got to drop some off at his house. Yeah, I was like, you bring chicken in? And I was like, you didn't even bring any chicken for man. The man like, oh. survived COVID and doesn't get a leg. Well, I, heard, I heard when you have COVID, you, you have to watch what you eat. Yeah, I see? Wanna, you know. I didn't want to. Well, you know, the, I didn't want to. very nice. I wanted to bring him down. Very you know, considerate. I, I grew up on chicken. I mean, we used to you know, practice in, like even at the chicken coops or even at CZ Joe's place. Oh, and yeah? Eddie would be working a chicken holiday right before practice. So, Steve, here, I got you some chicken. And, you know, <laughs> I've been giving him chicken all his life. <laughs> so I've been getting chicken my whole life for practicing for hours. We'd, that, be, we'd be on Throgmorton and practicing. That's how he beat the COVID, actually, was the chicken. Forget about the monoclonal antibodies. <laughs> <laughs> we got him some chicken town chicken. He was done. All right, so you That's guys. kept him in the band. <laughs> wow. You know the story how Pete Best stayed with the Beatles, right? Um, the Beatles put Pete Best in the band because he was the only one they knew with the drum set, and Mom owned the club. Oh. And that's how Pete Best got to be a Beatle. Wow. The guys stay with me because they eat good chicken. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> go. <laughs> and Pete Best became an ex-Beatle when he started getting all the girls. <laughs> he had to go. <laughs> all right, now, you guys got a show. Jesse, tell us about this show coming up at the Headliner. So we're at the Headliner this Saturday with the Eddie Testa Band and Joe Barricotta Band, along with special guest Bill Spadia in the Common Sense Club. Special guest Bill Spadia. Is, is that a band, Bill Spadia in the Common Sense Club? That's his new band. We're, yeah, we're making it a band. He's got a band? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a band on the run after he starts playing or what? It's mostly about the muffin joke. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill and the Muffins. <laughs> That's a whole other band. Oh, man. So now what is this? Is this like a double headliner show? Or is it like a battle of the bands competition? Because you're blown uh, off the no, stage. No, we no battle. We're, we're, you know, we're just good friends that like to play, that never get to play and see each other. So we figured, hey, we both got the night off. Let's let's do That's something great. together. It was, it was just, you know, a lot of bands would like to do that. They just can't. Yeah. You know? So, you know, for money reasons or whatever. Well, now, like with COVID being over, you know, for all intents and purposes, everybody getting out to play again, you guys must be pent up, you know, ready to go out and play and have fun. Yeah, you get to play together and hang with each other. It's going to be fun. It'll be a fun night. Absolutely. Me and Steve are going to do something. Yeah, we plan on on working out something in uh, two bands. It should be fun. Absolutely. Any of the cruises reunion? Maybe. 
Yeah, tell me about Eddie and the Cruises, because I saw the movie, and I remember you as Eddie and the Cruises, and then you see these imposters, Eddie and the Cruises. Yeah, man, them guys messed up our lives, right, Steve? Right. They actually did, you know, and, and that other guy from Jersey, too, did. Yeah. You know, but, uh, <laughs> the other two guys. Those other two guys, you know, always being in the shadow, you know. I mean, that's one thing I was telling you, Steve. I mean, uh-huh. Eddie's material that he writes. I got to hand it to you, kid. That CD you sent me is pretty damn good. Oh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate you know, that. And I'm not kissing your butt. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's, you know, it's tough when you, you're playing, you know, you're playing in free hole and you, you're in the shadow. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't really see good talent. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that now a lot of people have noticed you know, Eddie playing, you know, the material, you know, with Jesse's help, you know, these guys, are, you know, getting out there and his band is great. So I told Eddie, I said he came by, um, dropped the CD off about a month ago. So, you know, we should do a show together, you know, play, you know. Like That's the way stuff. he is. You know, that's just his nature. He's just a good nature. Yeah, he's a guy. good guy. I see, I see clips he puts on Facebook. Eddie, we got to break a website. You got to come down and play this in the studio. And he comes down and plays it. And we put those songs out for you. You yes. know, because you're such a talent. And I, uh, I, was, I was telling Steve earlier, if they ever made a movie like, uh, like Mickey Rourke and the Wrestler, if they made one called Musician, it would be like your life story. Well, that's very nice of you. It's the truth. Thank you. Hey, I you're like one of the that. hardest working guys, you know, and on the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I'd be honest with you, like, everything I've learned, you know, even with my band, you know, we mm-hmm. have Soul Cruise is 32 years, and it's run like a tightly oiled run machine, is really I learned from Eddie, and even from Pete, you know, our manager, you know, um, you know, really the ethic of hard work, discipline, practice, we used to practice hours, you know, in the basement, or even at the, the chicken coops on... You know, yeah, but the other thing we also we also got schooled very well by the guys that yeah, were coming up. I mean, you know, Glenn Burtnick, John Eddie. We'd watch uh, them every night. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we we'd go watch them guys and learn and watch what they were doing, what was successful. You know, and myself with uh, you know all the bands before that, like when I was going to Stone Pony or the shows when I was young. Right. You know, I mean, I I'm not that much younger than them, but in those years. When somebody's 19 and somebody's 15, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's oh, yeah. a world of difference. Yeah, so we would go see Cold Blast and Steel and all those guys and, you know, all different bands at, the, at, at different places. And just, I mean, we, we weren't fortunate enough to go to the upstage and stuff. I don't think right. we were old enough. At that. I don't remember the timeline. But when the Pony was there and... All the other clubs, the uh, co- uh, co- uh, Hotel California. Hotel yeah. California, the Warehouse. Places. But we used to go see all kinds of bands, and then we'd mix in, and then we'd learn from them. We'd stand there and, like, just – we were Google-eyed over <laughs> Glenn Burtnick was our – and John Eddie, those were they were our like, heroes. They were like gods. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they were. I Bobby, remember Bobby all Bobby Bandiera, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, Bobby's know, great. And home, the home band. I mean, there, there was just so many – and there's so many great bands that are still out there. That are our, we get to call them our friends, and now these new guys. You pass in the torch to the new guys. Is, well, what, I want to talk about this coming up. Like you know, what what is the next generation? You know, is rock dead, or is there still another generation with a heartbeat that could pass the torch? That there's there's a whole generation of kids. Um, Remember Jones, that, uh, Anthony. They Jones. are really good. Just Remember phenomenal Jones. performers. I saw them with the uh, with Ronnie Spector. Yeah, and amazing. Uh, you know, uh, and the shows he puts on, um, 
there's a lot of great talent out there. Ryan Craig, I mean, the kid's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Quincy Mumford, uh, you know, all, all these guys that are that are around that people don't get to see that we get to go see because we hear about them. We go, we got to go check these kids out. And even now, even at this age, you know, you yeah, guys so have all made your bones. We're not done yet. We got to go. Yeah, we got to stay on top of I things. I mean, that's the one thing even I, like my son, he's a, like in, even probably Eddie's son, they, they love music. My, my, my sons don't play music, but they appreciate it. My youngest son collects records. How about that? You know, which is, uh, which I'm seeing with a lot of his friends. And there is, it gives me hope. And I say, he, he winds up, you know, he says, he asked me some questions, oh, about a Led Zeppelin or a Beatles record or, you know, Stones. And now he's into these bands, all these prog rock bands. And I said, wow, there is hope. There is hope for the next generation of kids. And even, it, not even for musician wise, but for appreciating the arts. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we got to, you know, the, the sad part is that we don't support them enough in this country. You know, we don't support the arts, you know, um, you know, that, you know, people put their time in. I mean, like the average musician to play. I mean, Eddie spends hours writing a song. He spend up, you know, spend a whole night, days. You had that time, 10,000 hours, 15 hours to, to, to hone in your craft. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you, you work and you go out there and play. And, you know, we, we sometimes we take it for granted. You know, we're fortunate, like Eddie's fortunate, people come out and see us play. You know. Absolutely. All right, Steve Barlotta screaming. Soul, sensational soul cruises. Eddie Test is in the house. Jesse Warren, 1-800-283-101.5. Is New Jersey 101.5. Fast traffic. 295. wants you to get the luck of the Irish. You can instantly win a free $100 gift card to Wegmans Food Market. Listen at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our luck of the Irish secret code word. Enter it on our app to win a $100 Wegmans gift card. There's three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, Edison Nissan on Route 1 in Edison. This St. Patrick's Day, get the luck of the Irish from New Jersey. 101.5. Oh, my God. I don't think we have any Irish people here, but we got a lot of Italians in the house. We got from the sensational soul cruisers screaming Steve Barlotta, a sax player who went without sax for 35 days while he stayed on a respirator fighting COVID and beating COVID, mind you. Uh, we've got the one and only Eddie Testa, Jersey legend, who went from being photographed with Bruce Springsteen this morning to being on mic tonight. Are we going to take a picture together? That's the only reason I came. We'll take a picture. Of course we'll take a picture. <laughs> And we'll have Jesse Warren in between us. Yeah. Jesse, I just come for a photo off. The wall, Warren. <laughs> we have to we have to saw the top of the doorway off so we can get into the room, right? Yeah, really. And uh, Eddie's going to be playing with the Joe Barracotta Band at the headliner this Saturday night. It's going to be a great night, and you got to be there. And uh, let's see. And Steve is going to be March 23rd through the 25th, the guest speaker at the Wellness Retreat for COVID-19 Long Haulers at St. Alphonse Retreat House in Long Branch. And we're going to have oh, this nice, all Steve. online tomorrow. Isn't he a good guy? Look at that, man. Nice. All right, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. If you guys want to call in, uh, thoughts on COVID, uh, people in New Jersey, the recent polls say we are fed up with COVID. And I got to ask you, Steve, having survived COVID, are you fed up with COVID? Are you done with all the COVID talk, all the COVID hype, all the COVID everything? I am done with it, absolutely. I think uh, it's time to live, enjoy our lives, um, get out. I, it's really done. It's 
been devastating for the arts, for entertainment. Uh, we were fortunate enough to work. We're starting to work really a lot now, but a lot of guys I know uh, had a tough time, you know, playing, you know, trying to make a living. You know, so I think it's uh, it's good. I think people need to be happy and start living and enjoying their lives. Put it behind us. You know, it's they call it the endemic. And if anything, everything we need to deal with this very rapidly, you know, from 2020, this is only two years. You know, we got information. We got education. We got vaccines. We got treatments. They need to do more with the treatments because once you got the treatment, Everything went. Yeah, everything, everything was fine. I, I was, it my, just my, took them so damn long to so, get you the treatment. To, to that point. And I think now, like, you know, there's a lot of people that are still that are having a tough time that are recovering. Right. You know, and, um, you know, long haulers. I think uh, over the, hopefully the period of time, next few years, we can really get a, a really encompass approach and idea of what this disease really did to people. Um, you know, but I think in the meantime, we can't live on, you know, Living on a bomb shelter, and you got to well, remember, you got to remember something else too, though, Steve, and you, Steve Barlotta. Two guys named Steve. Yeah, two guys named. One Steve. more to three faces but, of Steve. You know, Steve's wife was very instrumental in his recovery because if you don't have that back, yeah. someone watching your back, who knows what would have happened to him? So. You know, that's a great point. It really is. I mean, I was sick with COVID, and my wife took care of me for 21 days. And if she didn't take care of me and and watch the things that the doctors were giving me or not giving me, or uh, I was delirious sometimes. And well, you to know, have those yeah. people. I mean, he, I heard a story that they wanted to cut Steve a, a trachea or something, yeah. Yeah. which would have blown his whole life. The guy would never play the, the saxophone again. She fought for that not to happen. So you got to give props to the people that are, are watching that took care of us. through. Yeah, the, I was the, especially at a time yeah. when they weren't allowing family members in. And, exactly. you you know, you didn't have an advocate. And you that, didn't have and someone in there advocating and, and for the patient. And that's why I got to hand it to the health care providers. They really stepped up to the plate and became these patients and my pa my family. I'm still in contact with every one of them. That's great. Uh, which and is a bond that's never going to be broken with any of them. And and that's the thing. They where our families couldn't be there with us, but the healthcare providers they saw what was going on. And even in you know with the bombs going off of p potentially getting it themselves and getting sick, they still walked into the hail of bullets and still you know did the job and helping people. You could not. You cannot thank anyone in the medical field enough enough oh yeah you know we did songs we did that song that's how it's done uh i put steve in it coming out of the hospital at the end of it um and a lot of people we've did. got that on the website you yeah did it for us. yeah yeah and uh but you know that that that's just a a, a smidgen of what thankfulness we could give the, these doctors and these nurses and everybody. And you see the thing about that, right? Healthcare workers are heroes. You look at all they've done. And then when all is said and done, the governor says, if you don't get the vaccine, we're going to fire you. Yeah. Right. That's, this is the kind of gratitude our governor gives the healthcare workers. I think the dialogue needs to be open. It should have been, you know, we need to talk and work with each other and work to help each other. Sure. I think that's, that's the problem. I think people, we got to learn to love each other and help one another. Even the ones, I was fortunate enough to have my family. What about the COVID patients that didn't have families? Well, you know what? You know, and that's, they that's, weren't allowed to. Yeah. That was, you know, that, and the thing, it was so new. I remember when it happened, David Bryan got it. 
And he was he he used hydroxychloroquine. He called in the very beginning, uh, around March, around the same time you did. And you know some you know you didn't know what to, you know they they weren't pushing the treatments at the time. And it was all about you know they didn't have the vaccine back then. And then all of a sudden they got the vaccine. It became all about the vaccine. But I think still to this day, like at this point, you now we all have everything we need. We have the vaccines. We have the treatments. I think they need to push the treatments more because now when you get it, you know these are the options. And we all get to make informed decisions on what we want to do with our lives. And that would have taken all the politics out of it. And then it just becomes, as Biden said in his uh, State of the Union address, it's just an annoying disease. And not, you know, take the politics out of it. If we get to that point, we're going to be fine. Right. We all got to work together. Exactly. We all got to work together. And that's where the music community comes in. You know, that's where everybody now gets to work together. Two great guys like you two who've been playing together for, what, 30, 40 years, yeah. all now get to play together again. And I want to tell those stories coming up. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm going to throw some bands at you guys. I'm going to throw some places at you guys. I want to hear some stories. I want to hear some memories. And uh, we'll even bring Jesse into it. <laughs> and uh, we got... Yeah, really. <laughs> Just, Jesse can remember, well, I was conceived at the... Uh, well. <laughs> oh, that was a late night, right? And that's why they call it the at, Wonder Bar. Or at it's the Oscar. <laughs> now the latest New Jersey news. They're in the studio from the sensational Soul Cruisers, screaming Steve Barlotta, who uh, survived COVID and lived to tell about it. 35 days in a medically induced coma. He was in Mayberry... He, uh, he was told, uh, go home. You're not ready yet. And uh, who does he come home to? His lovely wife, Janine. Who's he going to one day play with? Eddie Testa, who's here in studio. Uh, spends the morning getting photographed with Bruce Springsteen. Decides to step up at night. <laughs> Jesse Warren hangs out with Eddie Testa. Tells all his friends. And uh, they're going to be doing a show this uh, Saturday night at the headliner. It's going to be Eddie Testa and Joe Barracata. And uh, he joins us now on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Joe. How's it going, guys? How you doing? Joey. Hey, Joe. What's up, Eddie? What's up, bro? All right, so Joe, how you doing? I'm doing good. I, re I really enjoyed Steve's story. I listened to it right at 9 o'clock. Uh, God bless you, Steve. Thank you. Looking forward to coming out and seeing you play as well. It, it's a riveting story. Now, you guys are going to be at the headliner. And Sp now, is Spady the warm-up back or is Spady the headliner? He can't. Be. I, I, I was he's thinking doing he's the all the vocals for everyone. Eddie was saying he's going to. Spady is going to do. They're going to do a lot of overdubbing. Eddie, when <laughs> he's around, he's the headliner. You know, you know how he pushes himself on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm working with him Friday night. Friday night, Spady and I are doing a comedy down at uh, the Hard Rock in Atlantic oh, City. Man. For a benefit. And Saturday night, look at Spady. He's got a regular, regular gadabout gaddis to Spady. He's running all over the place. Well, we can't nail you down. You're too busy for everybody. I'll else. come. I, you, you tell me. You know, I'll be there. No, you know, no. you keep bringing chicken. I keep showing up. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And uh, so, so, Joe, like, uh, tell me about your music. Tell me about your band. Our uh, band's been around for, I don't know, about... 20 years, I'd say. We, we pretty much built it out of the Belmar music scene. Yeah. And um, we do a good amount of weddings now. We do, you know, bars and uh, play a lot of party music kind of stuff. Um, so we're pretty much like, you know, a party band and, and uh, 
we got a seven piece band. We got two horns. We got a great female singer. Great, you know, awesome band. And that's why, like Eddie and I, are just looking really forward to doing the show because you really never get to see two bands, you know, do a full set on one night where it's not really like you know a benefit or something like that. It's like a double feature. Double feature, exactly. Yeah, and from the old days of Mary's husband's pub, huh? all the way back to the old days of Belmar. <laughs> yeah, you got that right, man. D I remember I started radio. I mean, I used to read DJ's commercials at WRLB in Long Branch. Really? It's still there. Wow. Remember the Tropical Pub? Remember the yeah. Tropical yeah. Pub, yeah. right? The DJ, what's his name? Screwy Louie? Is that his <laughs> name? He's still Screwy around, Louis. I think. <laughs> Didn't they have some kind of races? Would they have... Uh, they had the uh, rubber duck races. The rubber duck races. Uh -huh. at, uh, oh, yeah. Mary's, oh, yeah. my God. We, we played there. Yeah. Oh, you played times. everywhere. Right? Oh, God. Way too many times. <laughs> we played places we don't even remember where we played. Sometimes I see old, old things, uh -huh. and I go, I can't remember I was even there. There were so many. Remember the Silver Dollar in Point Pleasant? Yeah, right? Dollar. There's a Silver yeah. Dollar. Uh, the Beach House. Beach House? The yeah. Beach House yeah, the beach was, house. where was the Beach House? Was that in Point Pleasant? I think it was a Point. Point, right? The Ship's Wheel. That ship's Wheel, the, wow. Are you coming over Brielle. the tunnel in Brielle? It was the yeah. Ship's Wheel. We played there, yeah, wow. Of course, Jimmy Burns. Yeah, yeah. we never played there. We went there. The floor, <laughs> you remember the floor used to shake. Uh -huh. I think yeah. the Burns brothers had that place locked up. <laughs> yeah. so, the Lynch boys on one side. Time. Yeah, Lynch boys and the Burns brothers. Yeah, Lynch yeah. Boys, great huh? times, great times there. Man. All right, so that, this is, now you got now the, the sensational soul cruises. Now, this was, you guys were both together, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah, basically what happened, we, I was working with uh, with Eddie, you know, the Cruisers, we were doing that. And then um, we would, at the time, we were doing a lot of backup work, uh, backing a lot different oldies acts and stuff. And I was playing with Gary Bonds, I was his musical director. Really? Uh, yeah. I was his, uh, yeah, before Mark. Um, yeah, so I was his musical director, and um, we were doing shows with Eddie, and then, um, you know, be it that it was, that, uh, you know, it was a different time, um, right around 1990, 91, a new style of music came out. It was grunge. And so everything went away. Everything went away because we were a horn band. Oh. And, you know, and it, and it got a little tough. And, I, you know, we were doing the backup work. And then, you know, Eddie was working. You know, he's, um, you know, doing the chicken. And, um, you know, just, you know, we had the falling out. The band fell apart. And then I said, you know, at this time, I'm going to put a horn band together um, with four guys up front doing, like, Temptations, Four Tops, you know, stylistic stuff. And that's when we started just playing. And um, I've been fortunate enough, the band does about 200 shows a year. Wow. All over the country. I mean, we're blessed. Can't complain. And, uh, you know, we do the old school. Eddie's come up and sing, sang with us, you know. Yeah, I show up every now and then. I become <laughs> part of the band. I even have a shirt that looks like some of their shirts. Yes, so really? Sparkly shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he has the knockoff shirt. He got it at Walmart. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Tony and the Cruises. He got it. He got a big, a big sale. He just boogies away off to the stage. All right, guys, let's let's hit it. <laughs> so now you got to play with. You both played with Springsteen. But what was it like for you playing sax with Springsteen, knowing who he played sax with? Uh, it was okay. 
<laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, what did Bruce say about it? Never mind. No, no, no. I've been very, very fortunate that um, he's always loved my playing. And, uh, well, that's what he told me. But, um, you know, he's always loved what my sound. What you, Eddie? <laughs> you know, he's always loved my sound. But um, it's, it's a blessing. I mean, to play with any of those guys, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a great feeling of accomplishment in your career, you know, over a period of time when they come out to a show and they see you play like they you know bruce will come to see eddie play or come see the soul cruises play it's a it's a nice feeling it's an appreciation that, yeah. that you guys all have yeah. for each other it's a brotherhood yeah absolutely only he can you know understand the struggles of coming up being a musician and playing and playing night after night you know coming home late and you know and working you know that's what we're doing you know we're doing it because we love it you know the thing with Bruce that strikes me. I don't know him. You guys do, but it's like you you know the image of Bruce and you know and all the fame and everything. But then when you hear about Bruce with you guys, and even like today watching him on TV, it's still he's still like the mind of a working man, uh-huh. regular normal guy, the working man. Like he, you still see the struggle, like you know, just another musician trying to make it, right. and that's the way he comes off. And and you guys, you know, just blend in so well with him. Well, he, he's he's very humble to us when he's around. We're we're he makes us feel important. How about that's that, great that we are, and that's you know, a great feeling. Yeah, it's a great yeah. feeling. I mean, to know your name, to come and see you, you know, it, it, and that goes to come and see you. Yeah, how about and, and, that? And just to you know, but that goes with all our guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you're playing a show, and some of your you guys that you grew up admiring come and see you and jump on the stage and play with you and to have that you know like that camaraderie of of people and guys girls all of them everybody i saw a video of you on facebook and that's exactly what's happening you're up on stage and all these women and people jumping up on stage playing rocking you're going right along with them Uh, man we just listen we're fortunate enough to be invited to everybody's party yeah you know when you're when you're a great way to put it it's their party we're there to entertain and do the best we can. And, you know, you give them 100% of what you have that day. I always say that, right? That is and excellent. And if people want to come up and sing, come up and sing. Have fun. <laughs> you want to see your, your Aunt Matilda get up and sing a song with the band? Bring her up. Let's have fun. Just have not spadia. Heading out tonight? We're giving a 10K payday to a local small business. Nominate your favorite New Jersey small business to win $10,000 of New Jersey 101.5 advertising. Plus an NJBIA membership. Enter now on our app or NJ1015.com. Thanks to our sponsor, the NJBIA, the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Support small business. Give them a 10K payday from New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. What a great night, I'm telling you. We got screaming Steve Berlotta in the house from the sensational Soul Cruisers who survived. Uh, he survived COVID, survived 35 days on a ventilator. What advice would you give people who uh, who are going through this, who've come out the other end? 
I think um, you got to stay positive. I think you got to find it in the spirit. I think uh, it will get better. Uh, it takes time. It's taken me now. It's going to be, you know, I, I contracted in March of 2020. And I'm still, you know, I'm still fighting it. But I, 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 I have that will to get better and that in a spirit. And I think you got to focus on that. I think um, if you need the help, I think you got to go out and try to find it. You're not alone. There are other people that have experienced the same symptoms and long COVID. That's why, like, I'm doing that uh, retreat, mm-hmm. trying to help people, um, you know, to really come, you know, because uh, quite a few people come up to me. They think, you know, wow, you're going through that too. And I go, yeah, you're not crazy. It, no. it does really exist. We're going to have it on the website. Yeah. And Friday night, you're going to be at the Wonder Bar. Yep, Wonder Bar in Asbury Park. It should and be a great show. Saturday night, we've got uh, Eddie Testa, and we've got Joe Barricata, who's been just sitting on the phone here. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm still here. Okay, I wasn't sure. I thought we lost you for a minute there. Because Jesse was taking up all your time, Joe. We kept trying to talk to you about it. Jesse Warren keeps cutting in. <laughs> what can I say? Right, and Eddie Test is here too. So who's gonna? Which one of you guys goes first? Me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eddie's leading off, playing center field, and then we got Joe, uh, and then a big jam at the end where Spadia comes out and leads everybody, and we are the world. It's right. a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can't believe I listen to that guy every every morning at six o'clock. <laughs> you get up specially to listen. I live while well, the alarm goes off, and my poor wife has to go to work into the city. I just call him up and say, "What'd you say today, man?" Because I I couldn't get up that early. <laughs> I just go into a coma for thirty five days. So I just get out. <laughs> I, I opted for the medically induced coma, but thank you very much. <laughs> say, give me the important parts of what you're talking yeah, about. Really, I'll just take the Reader's Digest version. I do. I get up at like 9 o'clock in the morning. All right, what's he talking about? <laughs> I got to get, get ready for the day. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having us, man. It's going Steve, to be a great you, night. And don't forget, let's... Uh, it, uh, happy yeah, International Women's Day today. We're, oh, wow. Thank you very up. much. So... Janine, so happy the international ladies, all ladies out there. Yes, I, will, I will take that to my wife, along with the chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, just remember one thing and one thing only. Remember nothing else. At New Jersey 101.5, this has been the Steve Travely Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.